Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. What's up, Open Floor Globe? I'm your host, Michael the Pod Peanut, and I'm joined on the other line by my good friend, Sports Illustrated staff writer and beaming Miami Dolphins superfan, Rohan Nodgurney. Rohan, how was your Christmas? Listen, Mike, I can't complain. As you mentioned, the Dolphins continue to be the hottest team in the National Football League. It's, you know, Mike, something that we don't talk about enough on this podcast is just how hard it is to win on the road um, in the National Football League. It's exactly what the Miami Dolphins did on Monday night in a hostile environment in New Orleans. Uh, Dua Lipa, single. It just really, everything is going my way, it feels like these days, Mike. So I can't complain. Uh, Christmas was great. We actually had like four great, not great, Maybe, but four really, really entertaining games in a row there. Uh, mm-hmm. How about you, Mike? Uh, it was good. Uh, I went home to Boston uh, with my wife, uh, hung out with my family. Um, my parents recently got a dog named Archie. I don't know if I've uh, talked about Archie on the pod before. I don't believe I have, but he is a true nightmare. And... Mm. Uh, a terrible person, but very cute. Uh, love him a lot. <laughs> Posted some videos on my IG. Uh, more to come if people want to see more. I, I've taken literally thousands of photos of him. Um, and yeah, so great, great Christmas. No complaints. Good times with the dog. Um, How's, what's the what's the what's the status update with your dog right now? So Boba remains in Florida. My dad, <laughs> out of um, out of kind of nowhere, uh, you know, I thought it was going to be a couple years, but 
I and I guess maybe I shouldn't be revealing this on the podcast, but I don't think any of his uh, his sisters or I don't know. I, but anyway, my dad is allegedly <laughs> retiring soon, um, which I'm convinced is like a Boba aided. Like I think Boba maybe gave him that extra push mm-hmm. um, into retirement every day. But I, no, I demand photos and videos every day. Boba's up to his usual nonsense. Um, so yeah, man, he's good, but he's in Florida. Uh, which just gives me more reasons to go back to that humid state before it goes underwater. So it's working out. <laughs> it's working out for everyone. Um, Mike, something happened to me on Christmas that I, I wanted to talk to you about on the pod, actually. Okay. So I sent what I thought was a very benign tweet on Christmas morning. You know, waking <laughs> up, watching basketball. I think we can all agree that the Hawks Knicks game was not particularly memorable or exciting. Uh, especially one, Especially once Trey Young wasn't playing. And I said something to the effect of, like, where does Hawks-Knicks rank among the most underwhelming Christmas Day games of all time? You know, we had two under 500 teams, and the best player on either wasn't playing. I didn't think this was controversial in the slightest. Um... And a lot of Knicks fans just took offense to it. You know, you get like the usual like. Of course Knicks they did because they won. Or like, yeah, <laughs> they're like they're like you're using the Knicks for clout, and like I'm going back and forth with this one guy who's like, oh, like every game isn't going to be special. Like a W is a W, and I was like, what does that have to do with like a normal person just enjoying this game? Like. And he's like, normally I don't watch games with teams I'm not interested in. And I was like, ah, like this is kind of my job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was just hoping we'd get a close game. And yeah, I just was, it was just such a reminder about the like realities that people have constructed for themselves on Twitter, where it was just like, yes, clearly we have an anti-Knicks agenda. And the only time we ever tweet about the Knicks is for clout, I guess, but I, I was just so taken aback by how many people were like, oh, we got you, man. And I'm like, you know, people just refusing to understand the logic that like a Knicks win does not inherently mean a game was interesting for non-Knicks fans. My dad was um, incredibly out on the NBA's five-game slate after about 15 minutes, I would say, of that Knicks-Hawks <laughs> game. Uh, he doesn't watch a ton of NBA, but his reaction to the threes was very much uh, angry dad energy and mm. did not understand what was happening. Didn't know. He knew Kemba. Um, was happy to see Kemba out there. Was very upset when he learned that Trey Young was not playing, which was about uh, two minutes into the game he realized that Trey was out. Uh, and thank goodness the Celtics Bucks was the next game, or I don't think I would have been allowed to watch the NBA on the big TV. <laughs> so, so that that's that's how things went in my house. But it was it was um, we got a couple emails actually about uh, some of these games, and uh, Chris and I previewed uh, all five games in our last episode, and we're kind of poo pooing the slate. And, you know, Mavs fans were particularly upset with um, our dismissal of them without Luka, and they kept it close. I, I personally went to bed. I usually can't. <laughs> I usually, I'm not even going to lie, I can't watch five in a row. It's, it's so hard. 
Do you do five in a row? I, I you're on the West I, Coast. I, I did five in a row. I mean, it's easier on the West Coast just because you kind of wake up. It was, in that sense, it was good that Hawks Knicks was early. Like, you know, I had it on, but I'm drinking my coffee. I'm I'm playing with this dog. I'm dog sitting. Uh, so, you know, that's the one game that once you realize it gets. I mean, the Knicks had a double-digit lead in every quarter, so you could just kind of sense that that game wasn't going to be very close. And beyond that, you know, when you watch a game like that and the Knicks are missing quickly and uh, Derrick Rose, the Hawks are missing Trey Young, I know I, I don't need to keep, like, an analytical eye on it. You know, I'm not being like, oh, what's each team running down the stretch of the fourth quarter here? Um, so... Yeah, I, I did five in a row just because, like, I'm a completist like that. I, I I feel like I usually do. I'm trying to think when I don't. The, la- the last game would have to be really bad for me to tune out entirely. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it is weird to me. I know that you and Chris talked about this multiple times. I, I don't I, – I, I told this guy I was going back and forth that I was like, yeah, Nick's Hawks was, like, a somewhat surprising choice, and, of course, he got mad about it. But it is interesting that it wasn't, like, Hawks Sixers, which was a – a way closer playoff series, a much more intriguing playoff series than Hawks Knicks was. It's crazy that Jokic, even though the Nuggets haven't been great this season, I mean, he's been unreal. It's kind of weird that Jokic wasn't on Christmas considering he was the MVP last year. So, I, I mean, listen, the games were good. I, I The Lakers game was even, though it was mostly bad, at least they made it close in the fourth, but it had some interest down the stretch. But I thought Celtics, Bucks, Suns, Warriors were both uh, great games. Uh, the, uh, yeah, I mean, those games, I think every game was close except for the first one, right? Now that I'm actually yes, like, process, right. processing right, yeah. all the games. Um, yeah, Steph, we got to see Steph be Steph down the stretch. That was a very fun game. Uh, Claxton dunking on LeBron, very memorable, um, to every Brooklyn Nets fan who has ever lived. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, Stanley Johnson just, what is he, is he the third best Laker right now would you say is that is that fair i mean fair at claim? least all, all all the letters stayed up on the back of his jersey you know like darren collison <laughs> out here fight, fouling three-pointers with the s peeling off i feel bad there was a a tweet that was um i'm not going to add direct more attention to this there's a tweet that was getting dunked on a little bit last week about how these Christmas Day games are going to be filled with these replacement players. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily making for the most exciting product. And listen, we got lucky with good games. And at the end of the day, like, these players are literally playing on Christmas for our entertainment. I'm sure they'd all rather be with their families. But, uh... Yeah, it was. Uh, it was to be clear, I'm making slate. fun of. I make. I'm making fun of the Lakers. I love Stanley. Yes, Jackson. agreed, agreed for <laughs> sure. But it was some of the replacement player stuff that we've seen over the weekend. I mean, the Raptors the other day. Uh, yeah, it, it's been an interesting time in the NBA. Um, you know what I did over the weekend that I was really the highlight of my Christmas or holiday season was I watched the 1998 science fiction action thriller disaster film armageddon and that was the best two and a half hours i spent over the weekend can i can i ask you real quick are you an armageddon person or are you a deep impact person so i my only memory of armageddon was like it was on tv in like the year 2000 in my home and i saw like two minutes of it 
And then I went and told everyone at school the next day that I'd seen the movie Armageddon, <laughs> which was not true. Um, so I, I haven't seen Deep Impact. I'm aware that they were both very similar plots and came out in the same year. So maybe I'll watch it next. But I was like, yeah, let me see what this absurd Michael Bay movie is about. And it lived up to the hype. I'm, I've just always not understood why people like Armageddon more. I I just feel like Deep Impact supremely underrated. It's like the volcano Dante's Peak argument. Dante's Peak, sorry, superior in every possible way. And I can't go back on that opinion. So... <laughs> You just you're, you're bringing me down this rabbit hole right now. I'm sorry, but these are too strong. I have I, feel I, about I have re- I have read that Deep Impact is more scientifically accurate than Armageddon. Morgan Freeman but, is the president. I mean, come on! Like I can I can go on and on. It's just incredible. <laughs> yes, but some of the some of the line deliveries in uh, in uh, Armageddon are incredible. Um, just like absolutely shoehorned in love story between Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler. Also, like all of a sudden, an hour and fifteen minutes into the movie, you find out that uh, Billy Bob Thornton's character has like some kind of like leg, like serious leg injury. It was like, where did this come from? Should, was I supposed to know this the whole time? <laughs> um, yeah, it is. Uh, it was an interesting movie, and it very, very, very much an artifact of 1998 is uh, Armageddon. Yes. Um, so I think we are officially as far off track as we have ever been since yes. we started recording well, I feel like there's, together. I feel like there's a, a reason for that. And we're, what we're dancing around is we, we have something that we want to do today that I think will be a lot of fun. But Yes, we we do. Um, before think, we introduce what that... No, go go ahead, Rohan. What, what do you have to say? The NBA is just really bad right now. I hate to say it, like the league is in in a bad place. The games have not been interesting. The games have largely largely not been interesting and largely like incapable to draw conclusions from. Uh, at the end of the day, there's just only so much to say when teams are losing by forty points or playing six replacement players at a time no disrespect to those players I'm, I'm glad that they're getting a chance to make it stick in the league the problem is the regular season ultimately is about drawing conclusions for what's going to matter in high leverage moments what's going to matter in the playoffs um and we're not seeing that we're not seeing competition at the highest level and it's just been a bummer to watch it's just been a bummer to watch the NBA may not be interesting right now, but you know what is interesting? The emails that we are receiving <laughs> from our wonderful listeners. Uh, before we start today's show, a quick reminder goes out to everyone to please keep them coming in. Uh, we got a whole bunch over the past few days, and we will plow through them, I promise, um, later this week. But as we alluded to on today's show, we wanted to do something a little different, and Thanks to COVID basically putting the NBA on this unofficial pause. Uh, I think you and I, actually I know, you you and I will be redrafting the 2019 NBA lottery, which is just a fascinating class. Um, Everyone in it is now in year three. And I felt like this was a good time to sort of take a step back and assess where these players are 
and just it allows us to bounce around the league in a really fun engaging way so we'll alternate one through 14 choosing as i said from every player who was selected in both rounds of this fascinating class and to start are you ready to start right now i should say first yeah, before you do course. everything out of your yeah. system okay i think okay. so yeah <laughs> so, so, so so no more movie recommendations nothing i don't don't see nightmare alley or don't look up that's what i'll say in terms of my movie recommendations ways to save your time I will not see Nightmare Alley. I am going to see Don't Look Up because it's on Netflix. And okay. It's a low my, lift. My, I get it. My boy Leo's in it, so got to <laughs> check it out. Can't wait. Um, okay, so because uh, this is super important, what we're embarking on right now, um, and it would be unfair for me to just choose who gets to go first, uh, I have a little trivia question for you, Rohan. And if you get it, if you answer this correctly, you have five seconds. If you answer it correctly in five seconds, you can go first. Okay? How's that sound? Wonderful? I, I think that doesn't sound fair. You get to come up with a trivia question? I do, because I'm the host. That's how it works. Why We should have let Shelby decide who gets the first pick. No. But okay, it's fine. All right. Oh, if yeah, you get, if you get it right, you get to you get to go first. And if not, I get to go first. It's not, a, it's not that complicated. Okay? You ready for it? Yeah, I guess. Okay, you have five seconds. Actually, I'll give you I'll give you ten seconds. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay, Shelby, start the timer. Um, <laughs> who who leads the NBA right now in double doubles? And I can oh, see boy. you, so I know if you're if you're Google. I know. I, I know. know. I don't want to look it up. I don't want to look it up. <laughs> in double doubles. Oh man. Uh. I'm going to go with, I don't think it's this person and he's missed some time, but I'm going to go with Carl Towns. Wow. Um, no, it's that is someone inc- random. <laughs> that is incorrect. Uh, Carl Towns is 10th with 15 okay. double doubles. Okay. Um, number one is Rudy Gobert, your boy. I was going to guess, Ru- <laughs> guess Rudy Gobert and I was like, no, 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 he's setting me up. Oh, I was... Oh man, I was so close to saying Gobert. I uh, that's so oh good. man, oh that's good. That's okay. I was like, he's setting me up. He's setting me up. That's well, well done. The good on your news. Part. The, the good news is there are literally no stakes here. It does not matter who yeah. goes first and who goes second. I kind of um, want you to go first though, because I think you're going to pick the wrong guy. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Well, then I'll I'll just I'll just kick things off. Um, yeah, sure. W- with the first pit. With the first pick in the official 2019 uh, redraft, um, I am choosing John Morant, number one. Damn it. You picked the right guy. You picked the right guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, at, like, look, like, uh, this is cut. We're recording this a day after Ja just eviscerated the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix um, and hit a buzzer beater to win. And that made it. It wasn't that close to me, to be honest, uh, given who I normally would have picked number one in just his yeah. state right now. And who maybe you might not even pick this person number two. We'll see in a second. But Jaws just, I mean, he's going to be an all star this season. Uh, I don't care that his team 
was stupendous when he was out. That's just, it speaks to how awesome Desmond Bain is and Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jackson Jr. And it's nothing to do with, it's not an indictment at all on, on uh, John Morant, who is, uh, I, I don't know, off the top of my head, I'm just like, he's one of the three best point guards in the NBA. Like, I, I, definitely top five point guards in the NBA. Uh, and truly unguardable coming downhill on a pick and roll. Like, yeah. I don't, I just don't no, know how you great. deal with and, this dude. And that buzzer beater he hit, it wasn't like, I'm going to bleed down the clock and take a step back mid-range jumper. It was, I'm getting to the rim, finishing in traffic. Uh, he might, he's the kind of the most exciting guy to watch finishing traffic right now. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't know what, what he's finishing at the rim exactly. I just know that every time he gets into the paint, I expect him to score no matter who's around him. He tries to dunk on whoever he can, which is really thrilling. Yeah, I would have picked John number one as well. I think it's a no brainer. Um, he's just been the most consistent person in this class. And yeah, he was been spectacular this season. So I'm glad you didn't mess it up. That's the good pick. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So so you're you're up. This is where it gets tricky. I thought it was kind of easy at the top. The more I thought yes, about I it, yes, I agree. Now, it, get, one was now it gets tricky. Now it gets tricky. I I am banking on my organizational culture uh, <laughs> to get this guy on track. So I'm picking I'm picking Zion at number two. Zion Williamson. Okay, I don't think would I don't think would be the number one pick if this draft was happening today because of the injury troubles, because of the fact that he frankly is just not looked to be in in peak shape. But anytime he's been on the court, um, there's also those those rumors about him not wanting to be in New Orleans. At the same time, the scoring talent is just so through the roof. Um, I think people, frankly, have already forgotten. <laughs> how insane of a scorer he was just from the second he stepped on NBA court. Um, so I think you got to take Zion, but as we've seen, I mean, yeah, it is, it is going to take, I think a full organizational effort to kind of keep him on track because I mean, injuries aside, I think even the Pelicans have had maybe, you know, I don't think they still have an answer necessarily for how they want to use him on defense or how to make him work on defense. Um, you know, yeah, or maybe, hopefully my team's not based in New Orleans, so he's not being tempted by beignets and whatnot. Um, but yeah, man, you got to take Zion number two. And I'm not trying to harp on the, I'm not trying to harp on the weight stuff, only that we've seen it with guys with his level of explosiveness or his level of play. Like, it's not a. We just don't want the injuries to derail his career. We just don't want extra pressure on those knees that are that have already been problematic, or his legs, etc. Um, it's it just about looking out for his long term health. Um, this actually brings me to like an interesting thing I've seen people float around that has nothing to do with the 2019 redraft. But I just want to float it out there. Cool. This sure. is like just pure Twitter takery. I have no idea if it's based in science or not. So which is a, so, so this is the perfect time to be throwing out something like this. But I've seen a lot of people talk about how Tim Duncan kind of losing weight and becoming kind of a skinny guy later in his career really helped extend the last few years of his career. Um, and I've seen some people float out that like maybe LeBron should try to be less bulked up and go for something maybe sort of similar to what Duncan did and kind of play more lean toward the end of his career. And I've just... I thought it was interesting. I mean, LeBron's come on of late, but I just, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. 
Uh, I have no advice for LeBron personally. He is uh, he knows what he's doing, I think. And uh, I, I'm not minus... I'm not going to say it's a, advice, but I would I'd like to know more. I'd I'd like to know if there's any truth to that. If later in your career, something about playing more lean maybe helps you out. I'd be curious to see what doctors or whoever have to say about that. Yeah, I mean, they're two different human beings, obviously, and yeah. Tim Duncan had lower body injuries early in his yeah. career that were a little worrisome. LeBron's been flawlessly healthy yeah. uh, up until now and isn't seven feet tall. But it is yeah. it is, uh, it is interesting. I, I think, not to get sidetracked, like, a lot of what will allow him to be still super dominant is like his bulk and his strength and maybe he's accepted that he's not going to be the fastest guy or jump the highest anymore um but put him on the block let him back you down i know his post-up numbers are really down this year but we'll see in the playoffs when he's committed and he's still a guy who like jay crowder is not guarding in the post you know what i mean like you need to double this dude so we'll see um, but Zion, I just want to really quickly say, if I had the number two pick, I would have also selected Zion. Um, I think that if he was, I'm so, I'm increasingly concerned about the injuries though. And the fact <laughs> that he's course. reportedly 300, 330 pounds reportedly. Um, if he was 10% less productive in the 2,700 minutes he's played in his career, I think I would go in a different direction here honestly because who knows if he's ever going to look as he did last last season when i wrote this piece coming into this year about his third year leap and how just uh titillating that was and it you know we're not going to get it and it's super depressing um but he had basically one of the best sophomore seasons in nba history so that's the type of talent we're, we're talking about here and really hope he gets back to being what we all thought and some still think he can't be because he's for me he's the most exciting player to watch in the whole league i, I don't know mm-hmm. how about you but like i love watching him play basketball it's unlike anything i've ever seen before for uh, me so, it's Udonis haslam but of course yeah standard um i i personally think Adonis haslam should shave his head there's it's just it's too patchy that's my no that's my take on that i don't, don't want to get con- no culture here. no guts from you can i can i just say <laughs> can i say something about udonis aslam i suppose so even though he was not drafted in 2019 nope <laughs> um you know there's all this talk about why do the heat keep bringing him back and well you know why don't they put someone at the end of the bench they can develop etc and i get it and there's a lot of Heat fans who get upset and a lot of people who make fun of Heat fans about how much they love Udonis Haslam. So I just want to say a couple things. Number one, maybe it has zero impact. Maybe. But one thing we'll never be able to quantify is, does someone like Max Struess have the season he has if he doesn't work out with Udonis Haslam? If he doesn't, if he's not being pushed by someone who he knows is undrafted and has had a similar journey to him? Is Jimmy Butler as crisp as he is every night if he doesn't play one on one with you, Don? I, I, can I? Maybe, I, like I, I, I said, maybe that maybe it has zero impact. Maybe it's zero impact. I'm not saying I'm not saying that it's it's definitely working. Maybe it has zero impact. All I'm saying is the teams won a lot of games, and after every single night, all of them mentioned working out with you, Don. 
Omer Yurtsev and, and Maxters, Gabe Vincent, every night they all say, Udonis kept me ready. But maybe it's had no impact. But let me just say this, on top of all that, I, I don't understand the people who grew up watching basketball and having their favorite players and then not wanting to see those guys play basketball anymore in favor of someone they've never heard of. That will never make sense to me. We root for laundry. That's what that is. Uh, that's and I just, easy and I, for me and to I'm, explain. And I'm just telling people, like, allow yourself to be a little bit emotional and realize that, like, yeah, like, maybe you want to see the Heat develop Marcus Garrett, but to me, not at the expense of watching one of the franchise legends who can still play a little bit. Are, are, are we done talking? Can we move on from Udonis Haslam? I'm, this was my Christmas gift to you, by the Thank way. You. 30 seconds Thank on you. Udonis Haslam. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Thank you. Okay, so third pick. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make my third pick now. This is where it yeah. gets a little fun. I thought this was kind of easy. Um, Darius Garland for me. Mm. Uh, he's, he's number three on my big board. Okay, that's wonderful. We're in agreement so far on every pick. Uh, mm-hmm. He's He should be an all-star this season, honestly. At least someone on the Cavs should be. Either him yes. or Jared Allen, in my opinion. Um, they're going to need an all-star. He's been incredible, averaging 20 and 7 and shooting pull-up threes with real accuracy. He is one of the prettiest floaters in the game. And he's really just made a leap. And that's the the type of leap that helps explain Cleveland becoming one of the better teams in the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference. And it's like, you know... I don't know. I don't know. He's just very. He's very similar to Trey um, in their games, but like 
at the end of the day, Darius Garland might have a more accurate pull-up three ball. Um, I don't know. It's just it's it's really it's it's a fascinating kind of um, out of not out of nowhere, but he's just he's so much fun to watch, and he's so crisp offensively, and he hits such tough shots, and I no, I adore I, watching yeah. him. It's not out of nowhere, but he didn't splash onto the scene like a Trey Young or or a Morant or a Zion. It's been a little bit more gradual improvement. But you're right. I mean, he's got to a place where uh, he's a killer, man. Uh, he, you, as you mentioned, like he's someone who I think defenses need to fear um, in a similar regard to they, they fear someone like Trey Young. So he's been really good. I would have picked him number three also. I think he's been fantastic. Cleveland's just so good. Like, and I love like the Rubio love minutes they get for like random pockets in the middle of games, and they've turned into like a weirdly deep team that can beat you in a couple ways and just suffocate you when they need to get stops. God, Cleveland's really good. I think they have the best net rating in the East. They've been outstanding. Um, number four is really hard. I think. I think this is the most difficult pick of the draft. I, I, I mean, I know where you're going with it, so. So can I can I talk about some guys who are on the board here? No, you can't. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get to all these names, but I want you to you, you gotta tell me who you're picking. I think I'm going to go with. Just let it out. It's okay. I think I'm gonna go with DeAndre Hunter as my number four. Oh wow! I was not expecting this at all. Yeah. I was not expecting this. Yeah. yeah. So this is a tough pick because we know who's on the board here, but I just think at, at the end of the day, Hunter's always played on a team that's chock full of wings, and he's never going to be kind of the number one option of the way Trey Young is. I just think if, if you could get with the fourth pick a guy who can be really impactful in a playoff series, that's a huge win. Because I know everyone wants to pick a superstar, etc. Realistically, there's just not that many in any given draft. And I look at Hunter. If you switched, say, it's hard because the injuries have obviously played a role here. But like, if you put mm-hmm. DeAndre Hunter on the Suns instead of Mikhail Bridges, could DeAndre Hunter turn into Mikhail Bridges? I think he could come close. He's maybe not quite as good, but I think he could come close. I, I just think that he's a really good player who can show more than he's shown in Atlanta. And the only reason he hasn't is because he plays within himself. He plays the right role for this team. I think he's he's going to become kind of a... It's funny because the league, obviously, everyone's looking for 3 and D guys. But the real value are the guys who can do a little bit more. And I think he's that. He's somewhere in between 3 and D and an all-star. And I just think he's really good. And I... I I trust that he can be a great cog in a playoff rotation for the next 10 years. So that's why I'm picking DeAndre Hunter. Uh, I love DeAndre Hunter. The reason why I did not have him four on my board is his body and the annual concern that he's not going to be able to play. And so it's really difficult to, you know, this was supposed to be a year where he took a major step forward, even mm-hmm. with how crowded uh, Atlanta's roster is. And like, yeah, I don't see him. I see him as honest. I'm not saying he's better than Mikhail Bridges or anything like that. 
I'm just saying if he were to if he if that were the role that his team needed him to to play and he had to like accept that that mindset um I think he would excel at it yeah. like, easily uh hit yeah. relatively open corner threes guard the other team's best player the, uh, for mm-hmm. 94 feet uh you know maybe create a little bit when there's a mismatch in the post uh he can do all that stuff um already mm-hmm. really well so for me, it's like the the ceiling here. If you're if you're picking a guy and just betting on their ceiling, then I I have no problems with this pick. I think it's a little risky because someone else is on the board who I'm about to take mm-hmm. uh, with the fifth pick, who I thought you were going to take, and that is of mm-hmm. course uh, your boy Tyler Hero. The boy um, wonder. Yeah, Baby he's. Goat. I mean, he's uh before I, I, okay, why don't you why don't you tell me why you did not take Tyler Hero? Because was anything about your decision to take Hunter um, an indictment of Hero at all? To a degree, here's what it comes down to with me for Hero because he had he obviously made that uh, comment before the season. He's like, I want to be in the the Trey Luca conversation, right? I I believe that I'm as good as those guys. Which, like, turned into a silly thing. Like, every player believes stuff like that. I get it. Um, and, you know, you look... If, like, here's a, here's what I'd say about Tyler Hero. If you put him and Jalen Brown's, uh, you know, stat lines next to each other, uh-huh. you'd be like, oh, like, wow, like, those guys are kind of similar players, right? Like, similar points for games, similar rebounds for games, similar assists for games, etc. There is just such a huge difference in the way that someone like Jalen Brown is asked to get his points, rebounds, and assists than Tyler Hero is asked to get his points, rebounds, and assists. And at the end of the day, I think Hero is benefiting greatly from playing in a bench role. And granted, the Heat have had injuries and he's thrived without the best guys on the floor, but Hero doesn't get the, the team's best perimeter defender every night. Jimmy Butler does. Kyle Lowry does more often. He is not being asked to be the fulcrum of the offense in the way that Bam Adebayo is, Jimmy Butler is, or Kyle Lowry is, or in the past, Goran Dragic was. And so for me, we've seen bench guys who can put up big scoring stats, whether it is Jordan Clarkson, whether it is Lou Williams. And I think Hero's a little bit better than those guys, but... I just think it's so easy to get wrapped up in his points per game. And he, listen, he's a hell of a shooter. And I think that he deserves a huge credit because there's some guys who went in this draft who I expected to be a little bit better this year who've taken a step back. And Hero clearly worked on so many facets of his game. I mean, he was a good shooter. And you can even see kind of the tweaks he's made to his jump shot. But I just think, Mike, that... Yeah, if you switched him with Jalen Brown, Tyler Hero's not scoring 20 points a game still because he's going to be playing better defenders and getting way more attention and way more responsibility. So I know I kind of, like, scared you when I first started that example. I could see it in your eyes, like, where is this going? <laughs> but I think I think you understand where I'm coming from. No, I, I, I do, for sure. Um, there's a lot more to basketball than just getting buckets and creating a shot for yourself. Uh, he's already really good at it at a super young age. And I think, honestly, like, I might overvalue that that ability. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that is. I just think that 
scoring is hard, and it's like harder than no doubt. No, listen, he's been he's been a huge reason they have a decent half court offense. I don't want to turn this into a Heat conversation. I just they've been really good. Continue. (laughs) Well, listen, they've been doing a great job of staying afloat without Bam, and Jimmy only came back for this last game, but. The, the secret about the Heat that no one wants to talk about is their best players don't really play super well together. Like, Jimmy Bam and Lowry have a fine net rating. I think with those three with Hero have been in the negative. And I I need to see Hero. Um, last year, I think the Bucks really took it to Hero, really took it to Duncan Robinson. And I need to see him in, in a one more playoffs um, with teams kind of really targeting him in a way they didn't his rookie year. So those are some things that just make me nervous about it. I don't think you can target DeAndre Hunter in a playoffs, and I think he could get you – I mean, he might be able to get you 22, but I think he could get you 16. I love it. Um, okay, so we are now at pick six, and you're up. And this is <laughs> – I mean, this this draft, this draft could go – in a million different directions from here, honestly. Like, and I'm not even so, almost any player are, you picked, I wouldn't get mad. There's like ten guys who I was like, okay, yes. maybe I could there's pick like, this guy next. There's there's like five guys I have on here next that I think all have a good argument. And I kinda wanna <laughs> pick the wild one. <laughs> I I'm going with Cameron Johnson. Um Love it. Okay. What's up? Why are we going there? I just, I like his, I, it's him and another guy named Cam, who I think are the best uh, two-way guys left in this spot. Sure. And I just like his size. I love his athleticism. I love that he's dunking on people. And he was a maligned pick, and he balled out during the finals run. And I, I place a lot of equity in guys I've seen thrive in the playoffs. And mm-hmm. I know that, like, a lot of people are were worried about his defense, et cetera. I thought he held up. And like I said, I like his athleticism that it's not like he is, like, a, you know, a slow guy or small guy that's going to get picked on a ton. I think he can survive on that end of the floor. He shoots the hell out of the ball. He dunks the hell out of the ball. He's fun to watch. Um, you can play in multiple positions. And so yeah, I'm going with Cam Johnson. Um, I love it. I, I I would not have gone in that direction yet, but yeah. he just because I kind of feel like there's more upside available, and yeah, maybe he, so, he you know maybe he'll develop and progress, and right, uh, he's that's just a, in this restricted role a, in Phoenix, but but that's such a good part that you nailed about the draft because it's it's always right, it's upside, and I think what I value more is. A known quantity and that's something that i think upsets me a little bit where whether it's a guy like you know cam thomas this year dropping into the 20s or and it just sometimes it surprised me that players it's like you saw this guy shoot well you see that he has kind of an nba ready body like but you you think that like oh he's not going to improve a ton so i'm not going to pick him but just give me somebody that that can i can slot into my playoff rotation you know so I, I just really like Cam Johnson, and I'm, I'm glad that he's succeeding. And I was like, yeah, screw it. I'm going with him. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. 
Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Okay, so, uh, man, um, I know you said at the top that you sent out a tweet on Christmas morning and Knicks fans were getting super upset, and <laughs> we're, I think we're already, there. after the Cam Johnson pick, I gotta say, yeah. like, you're gonna get, you're gonna get some hate mail, I'm sorry to I'm sure, I'm sure, yeah. Say. But you know what, Rohan? I'm gonna get that hate mail too, because I'm not you're going, going down. You're going down the ship with me. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> um, I'm I'm going with Keldon Johnson. Wow, my, my boy, my boy, big body. Wow, uh, Mariah Carey's number one fan. I, I, I mean, he's just like he's one of my favorite players to watch. I love him. Uh. Fun fact about him, he leads the NBA in three-point shooting right now. Did you know that? I mean, like, <laughs> okay, like, what are we? Can we talk he, about three-point shooting? I know is like weirdly down, but when you when you look at three-point shooting stats now, aren't there like a, just a ton of guys shooting forty percent or something ridiculous? I actually have not looked at this in a minute, um, uh-huh. but maybe like if you you're... look at the. the the three-point percentage leaders is like kind of crazy. That's all I'm going to say. Interesting. Well, he takes he's taking yeah. over three a game, and mm-hmm. making forty-seven point two percent. I don't know how you know how uh, sustainable all that is. He shot thirty-three percent last year on two mm-hmm. per game, um, but I mean he's averaging fifteen and six. Uh, rugged defender, super high energy, freight train in transition. Uh, and I don't know, like everyone who plays with him loves him. And he's just like, I mean, he was on Team USA. I know Greg Popovich was the coach, but like, 
everyone who came off of that out of that situation was like, Kellen Johnson's awesome and really positive, and it was really cool being around that dude. And he's also only 22 years old, and I think he can. I don't. I'm not saying I think he can be an all star someday, but I think he can be a really mm. high, high level impact player on a very good team and the spurs are better when he's on the floor than off and i i just like adore Keldon johnson so i I just had to go there i had to follow my heart honestly because my brain was telling me something else and i just i went with my heart um so i went i'm I'm going Keldon johnson that's a a that's a pick. That's a classic Pina move. That's a, the <laughs> basketball hipsters love it. Basketball hipsters are gonna love it. Um, yeah. Wow. That's a that's a fun pick though. Listen, man. There's just some people that you like. I'm with you though. That's how I felt about Cam Johnson. Is there just some guys that you're like, I I like this kind of player on my team, and I like that pick for you. So now I'm on pick eight. You are yes. Okay. As much as I'm like, you know. It would be funny to continue to troll Knicks fans. You've got to take RJ Barrett yeah. here. Yes, please do. Um, <laughs> and, it's a, and it's a steal for me at number eight. I took the risk taking Cam Johnson at six, hoping that I'd still have RJ Barrett dropped me at number eight. That's exactly what happened. A big win for GM Rowe. Um, I think it's no secret that Barrett's been a little bit underwhelming this year, if I may use the word. He's shooting, he's shooting under already. under forty percent from the floor. Yes, right. Um, his three point shooting's taken a big step backward. He's shooting more uh, threes than he ever has in his career, but he's shooting a much worse percentage than he did last year. His points per game uh, down. Uh, you know, he's playing a few less minutes. I, I don't think that's really affecting him. I mean. This was kind of, again, like, we're, we're not going to take a victory lap. We like R.J. Barrett. We want him to be great. A lot of people um, were criticizing us for leaving off the top 100. I mean, listen, that's not a perfect list. You know, we had hits, but we also had some misses. So, you know, it's just unfortunate. I think he's taking a little bit of a step back this year, but we've seen the talent there, and I also think that he's an outstanding defender. There's so much focus on his offensive game, but – um, you know, he's had like possessions this year. You remember that first Bulls Knicks game? DeRozan went up for that game winner. Barrett stonewalled him. He played fantastic mm-hmm. defense on that play. Um, yeah, he's someone who I would trust to guard multiple positions. Um, I briefly considered Cam Reddish here. I just, the offense is so inconsistent. And talk about inefficiency, I think he's shoots, he might shoot under 40% for his career. So I'm going to go with Barrett, who I, I still think is can be really good. I also think it's fair to say the Knicks don't play the most imaginative offense. Um, <laughs> you look at Julius Randle, how many of his possessions are just standing. It, it's like watching 90s basketball. Julius Randle has the ball. The other four Knicks are on the other side of the court. And he's just staring at the hoop, face up, maybe a couple jab steps, rise up, pull up jumper. And... You know, the Knicks have a team. I think they play with the third or fourth slowest pace in the NBA. They play very slowly, and it's obvious that Tibbs is just trying to grind teams down. The problem this year with the Knicks is they don't have the defense to play that style anymore where it's like, let's shorten the number of possessions in this game, kind of make it more random, scrape scrape by with enough offense, and just shut you down. Their defense isn't good enough to do that this season. They haven't been very good across the whole season. 
I wish they played with some pace. The best Julius Randle we saw was the way he played last year, but I don't think anyone thought that was sustainable. The most consistent Julius Randle we saw was the guy in New Orleans his last season in L.A. running up and down the court, um, kind of being that small ball five who beat you with his athleticism. And if you let you let him run, you let R.J. Barrett run, you let Emmanuel quickly run, I don't think the Knicks are going to change it overnight, but that's a team I'd like to see play with some pace, and I think it would help their guys who are struggling a bit this year. But, yeah, I'm taking Barrett at eight, and I'm really happy with that. You should be. He probably should have gone – sixth maybe i mean like if we were if we were seriously going to you know you play you had that exercise where you were like if deandre hunter was on the suns yeah if barrett could you imagine if barrett was on the suns instead of cam johnson if they if they kind of swapped positions yeah, that's how a things great would point. look um it's a great so point. it's uh i think barrett is inherently disappointing and at least in my eyes because of what his pedigree was going into the draft process. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like Zion jaw, steep drop Barrett. And he's not a franchise player. And that's not like, not a lot of guys are. So I don't want to kill him for that at all. But uh, in my eyes, that just kind of, it dims what his value is. And there's some other guys out here who I just think are more intriguing to be honest. And, Barrett could be an all-star in two years. Who knows? Like, we don't mm-hmm. we don't know. Um, okay, so the ninth pick. Oh, man. Um, this is, this is like, this is torture. Uh, there's a lot of intriguing guys out here. I, I might just continue to play the high upside game. Um, okay. And if I'm doing that, the number one upside piece I see... Uh, who is available is Nikki Claxton from the Brooklyn Nets. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow. Just like a mega talent has the body to be, to like do everything. Hasn't been on the court this year. Cause uh, for most of the season, because of a non COVID illness, um, and it, like really sapped his strength and his weight and all that. Um, but as you saw, like the dunk on LeBron, this isn't just because of the dunk on LeBron at all. I mean, I, I live in Brooklyn. Mm. I went to all their games uh, <laughs> last year. And he's just like a freak athletically who really compliments the stars that they have there as a law partner, as a dive guy, as a rim runner. Um, as potentially their best defender at some point, like ideally there's, I mean, there's a reason that Steve Nash started the season with Nick Claxton as the starting five. Like they, they have so much faith in him as an organization, super young, his body hasn't filled out yet. Uh, yeah. And I I just remember when Spencer Dinwiddie said, like, I think it must've been during his rookie season, the most talented player on the team easily Nick Claxton. And there were some talented players in that group, so I'm going. I'm going Nick Claxton, and uh, I feel pretty comfortable about this. Even though I'm looking at the the board, and there's just like, man, there's so many talented talented players here. So okay, now can I address some of the players left on the board? We're um, still drafting. So what? <laughs> You're gonna muddy the waters. Okay, fine. 
Um, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. I like Nick Claxton a lot. He's obviously in my next group here. Um, after Barrett, I don't know that I would have taken him there, but every reason you listed is a good reason why to take him there. So I got the tenth pick right now. Mm-hmm. <sighs> hmm. <laughs> There's someone who I kind of want to reach for. Just do it, man. I won't judge you. I can't do it. It's not like we're recording I'm gonna go this. With, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Cam Reddish at number ten. I. That's perfectly acceptable. That's where he was drafted in real life. Yes, and I. I like Cam Reddish a lot. The the inefficiency has freaked me out a little bit this season. I saw a stat, and I. It's bumming me out that I I can't remember who tweeted it, but I I just saw a stat. It was funny before you even sent me this outline. I think I saw it, and before I read your outline, but he's shooting better from three than from mid range um, on jumpers this season. And it's almost like if he just cut out his random offense and focused entirely on being a catch and shoot guy. It's funny because Hunter maybe has the talent to play like Reddish does. But I think Reddish freelances a bit more than, than Hunter does. And I think if you put Reddish on a team where he had a really defined role and maybe asked him to do a little bit less, he'd actually give you better production. So, yeah, I really like Cam Reddish. Again, I think he can play in a playoff series. I like him on defense. Um, and I just – I like what the Hawks have done where they they have so many capable wings that they can throw at you. Um, and I think that's been a, was a big key to their success last year. Obviously, everyone's going to struggle a little bit this year, but yeah, I'm going to go Cam Reddish here. Uh, I like it a lot. Yeah, he's shooting under 30% on mid-range jumpers and nearly 40% on threes. So uh, I think the thing for him is, and this is a lot to say about the system and the situation that he's in. It's like it's it's not the easiest thing in the world to to get a rhythm as an offensive player and particularly someone who's asked to score on that team right now. There's so many mouths to feed Mm -hmm. and the guy who sets the table is like their leading scorer and one of the highest scorers in the entire league. So it's, it's just a difficult uh, situation. Mm -hmm. He's making the most of it. Uh, The athleticism and the upside and like, I, I, I I would not, man, it's tough because like, Everyone talks about how they need to trade one of these guys. Cam, Hunter, like, they already signed Herder. Um, and I just don't – I wouldn't want to trade any of them. I'm just like – I would know, not – I to... don't want to take that chance either. I don't want to take that chance either. I'm with you. I, I'm riding it, I'm riding it out with those guys for as long as I can. So that's just going to be really interesting. Um, I do want to tell a quick Cam Reddish story I don't think I have on the pod. But – He's uh, an extremely quiet, um, him and DeAndre Hunter, both from Philly, uh, best friends on the team, uh, super quiet, except when they talk to each other, is what I was told by everybody. Uh, And when I spoke to Cam, he was very quiet. Uh, I asked him a certain question that I don't believe I can share on the pod, unfortunately, but... Uh, Their PR guy told me that he had never heard uh, Cam as loud responding to my question in all of his time around him. So 
that was fun. I got a rise out of him. Um, all good natured, but he was he got very excited when I asked him a certain question mm-hmm. about. It's a great, uh, a great story with, to hear with absolutely zero context or detail. I know. So, I'm yeah. sorry. Thank you for that. I, I, I try to give what I can. You know, that's <laughs> that's that's what I try mm-hmm. to do. <laughs> okay, so Some, I'm up with. Sometimes the, it's sometimes the, it's better not to give it all. You know, it's all I'll just uh, exactly. I'll just leave 100%. it at that. Yeah. okay um this is okay i'm looking at the pool here i'm really nervous that we're just gonna like totally whiff on somebody looking at the pool or looking at pool oh (laughs) touche i mean both to be honest with you uh i'm considering that Um, i also like i would have maybe i have calden johnson but he's kind of down on my board not because I don't like him, but yeah, I, we're definitely going to miss someone, and some fan base is going to hate us forever. So that'll be fun. Man, um, I know who you want to take at number eleven. I know you who do. You take. I, yeah, I, there's someone I want to take, but I'm not taking him yet. I'll tell you that right now. And yeah, I and I know who that is. Person. Yeah, I know who that is, and I might take them at twelve just to mess with you. Good. <laughs> yeah. Um shout out to Taylor Horton Tucker. No. Um <laughs> I I'm going with I'm going with Brandon Clark. Wow. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm a I'm a big Brandon Clark fan. I uh you know, it was really weird to me when he was kind of out of um Memphis's rotation. Mm-hmm. Just because I don't know. He just seems like he's like, I don't know what he does. That's really terrible. I, I know he's not like the greatest outside shooter, but he's got this like nifty floater. And, um, obviously the athleticism is off the charts. He rebounds, uh, and you watch him when he plays the five next to Jaron Jackson jr. And, uh, bigs can't stay with him. And mm-hmm. obviously Jaron Jackson jr. Is this like, incredibly difficult guard in his own right because he's just like running off screens and shooting threes mm-hmm. um so when you, when they're together i think it's really interesting i mean javel mcgee was having a headache uh last night guarding him and again i i wonder how much of this is recency bias to be honest with you but mm-hmm. i just had a real good taste in my mouth when i was watching brandon play last night and i've been watching the grizzlies for a minute um this season, I think they're one of the more fun teams to just sort of sit down and and observe. So I'm going Brandon Clark, and I I probably immediately have regrets. <laughs> I'm just like looking elsewhere, but I, I he's a really fun player, and I know he's older than some others here. So I'm kind of bucking against my my high upside trend here, mm-hmm. but uh, but I like him, and I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah, I think that's a really good pick. He's in my little cohort here but i'm glad you took him because i'm gonna take with my 12th pick baby Kawhi, terrence man and i'm oh and i'm in absolute glee about this pick um uh, someone who i think has improved steadily throughout his time in the league was outstanding during the playoffs last year um he's shooting 38 percent on threes this year i mean he doesn't shoot very many um, I mean, his efficiency is really good for someone who isn't the biggest player, a career 49% shooter. Uh, I'm looking at the stats right now, 47% shooting from the field overall this season, averaging a career high in points. 
We already know he can play well during a playoff series. I think he can guard three positions really well. He's kind of like a diet version of the 3 and D guys with a really high upside in this draft. I I don't think he'll ever be quite as good as a Mikhail Bridges, but he is like the baseline of that kind of player, I think. I think he's really, really valuable, really useful. I mean, he's an older player. He's already 25, but yeah, I think Terrence Mann for the next seven years is, is going to be a, a valuable part of your playoff rotation. I uh, yeah, I'm I'm very upset right now, and I'm you know I'm I'm pinching myself to not throw things across the room. Yeah, I wish I had Terrence Mann. Um, I wish I was able to select him and talk about him. But you did a great job. He's awesome. Uh, it's going to be really interesting with Paul George out to see. Yeah how much responsibility Terrence Mann can assume. He's obviously not going to be the only guy who needs to step on that up on that team. The, the, the Reggie Jackson Terrence Mann is going to be, it's going to be the new Kawhi and PG. It's, uh, Hell yeah. No yeah. doubt about it. Um, yeah. So Clippers going to put up another billboard. <laughs> <laughs> Just nice. Um, they had a great billboard on, uh, Los Feliz, just headed into Atwater village. And it was just, yeah, like, earned not given and i was just you know on my way to uh glendale and there are the clippers and i'm like okay here we go shout out to uh you know streets and and neighborhoods in los angeles no doubt about it there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash the shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Okay, so what are we at? We're lucky number 13 right now from, or no, yeah. yes, 13. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is a guy who I thought I was going to take a lot sooner, honestly. 
and mm-hmm. could have taken I'm him su- three picks ago easily. I'm surprised you didn't. I'm surprised you didn't take Grant Williams number one. Uh, we have to. We've, we've carved out 20 minutes at the end of today's show for an honorable oh, okay. mention special, nice. uh, just talking about Grant Williams. But uh-huh. I got to go Jordan Poole here. Uh, mm. He's he's awesome. Um, hasn't shot the three ball as well as I'm sure the Warriors hoped that he would come into this season. But uh, you know, as a starter in every single game, has been on one of the best in the best five man units in all the basketball. And it's really going to be interesting when Clay comes back, just how his role shifts at all. Uh, you know, will he be um, closing in the playoffs in every single situation where they need him to mm-hmm. close? And defensively, will he be able to hold up? But he's just like such a funky player and in the best possible way. And he has such a nice handle and he can come off screens. And, uh, you know, if. Hopefully his shot selection kind of tightens up a little bit in, in a way that can kind of up his efficiency when Clay comes back. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm they knocked this out of the park with this pick, and it's it's one of those picks that really smart organizations make, and and um, their ability to, to develop to to develop him um, in their system next to Steph, and it's not the easiest system to be a part of, but. Uh, I, I I think he's just really integral to how they're going to play, particularly when Wiseman comes back too. And mm-hmm. I, I would love to see pick and roll between those two off the bench. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. So I had to go Jordan Poole, even though you know there's a couple names up here who yeah. it it just truly pains me that I will not be able to select in the yeah. lottery. So I think Poole's great. I almost took him where I took Man. I just I assumed you were going to take Terrence Mann. I think Jordan Poole is awesome. One thing that's the reason I didn't take him earlier, it is a little bit difficult to separate the success he's had this year from the fact that he does get to play with Steph Curry and all the other great Warriors players. That mm-hmm. it's, he's in, I think, the best possible situation for him. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think him and Wiseman coming off the bench. I wrote about this a little bit on Christmas Day, but the Warriors, I think, went from a team that People had some question marks. Their depth looks incredible. The fact that they're adding Clay to that group and everyone on that team is going to get asked to do a little bit less, it's such a luxury. Okay, so I got the last pick here, so now I'm going to read off some names, okay? Wait, can you Grant, say what? your last pick and then we're going to go through honorable mentions, okay? God, no one loves an honorable mention as much as you do, Mike. Okay. <laughs> I am going to pick the player who, according to basketball reference, is ninth in win shares in this class. Okay? He's 12th in win shares for 48 minutes. He's fourth in box plus minus. And he's fourth in value of a replacement player. I don't know that I'm, I'm on high as him as these advanced stats from basketball reference would suggest. But he's a really good player with an elite skill, an elite skill that's really important. I'm going with Matisse Tybel. Was the 14th yes. pick. This is, uh, I feel like he had to have been selected in this draft at yeah. some point. He's the best defender in it, right? So Yeah, I mean, I mean, pound for pound, on any, on any given night, he can be the best perimeter defender in the league. He's that good. Um, he will hound anybody for 94 feet. The three-point shot isn't really coming along. He's at 28% this year. It's a little bit down from last year. 
And if anything, you thought it'd be a little bit better this year just because the Sixers without Simmons actually have a little bit better spacing. But uh, I think he hits he hits enough that it's not a disaster. And he, he knows. I think he plays within himself. Um, I think at, there are times when you can afford to have one non-shooter. I, he's not like Andre Roberson level, I don't think. Um, and I, yeah, his defense is just too good. I think you got to pick him. <laughs> Damn, Andre Roberson catching a sorry, stray sorry. for... That was rude. For hit, like, um, hitting the side of the backboard <laughs> and whatever you would do. Uh, you know, I think that actually... I would say I would say that when you watch them play, nobody guards him when he's shooting these true, trees. True, And he... I think he's a little bit more confident in his outside shot than maybe he should be, but <laughs> that's okay. Like... He brings so much on the defensive end, and it's just going to be really fascinating to see uh, in the playoffs when teams really sag off of him and really ignore him, how much he's going to be able to play and how much Doc Rivers, you know, assuming that they make the playoffs, how much Doc Rivers really values his defense. Mm -hmm. And it would just be so critical to the team and to him as a player if he was like a 37% three-point shooter. I mean, I don't think he'll ever get to 37%. If he got to 32, they'd be singing songs about him, okay? <laughs> uh, 37, that's not happening. But if he got to 32, 33 is kind of like the, the break-even point for a quote-unquote 3-and-D player. Yeah, it really is. That's like, you know, you're hitting – that's the equivalent to hitting 50% from two roughly. So if he can get to 33, that's what they got to aim for. Hit one out of every three, that's a – that 37 is never happening. But if he gets 33, he becomes a deeply, deeply valuable player. Do you know what Andre Roberson's career three-point shooting percentage is? 27.5. 25.3. I was kind of close. That's you were not close. Good. You were very close. That's not. So, yes, Tybal is currently at 32.1% for his career. Because his best shooting season was his rookie year randomly. But, uh, yeah, if he got to 33 consistently, and in, in my organizational system where we develop guys, um, I think I can get him there. Yeah. I also think that, you know, not having Simmons actually kind of hurts him a little bit just because, I mean, Simmons, one of his elite qualities is like hitting the corner man kicking out to shooters yeah true yeah so it's like the quality of the three is down i think for just about everybody on this team uh because of simmons not being there that could just be like me i mean joel Embiid is like this uh offensive engine unto himself where he just he creates open threes in a different kind of way but Mm -hmm. that's just me kind of yeah it would be interesting to know if uh I don't have the stats in front of me, but how many of the threes Tybalt's taken this year that are coming above the break as opposed to the corners? Because usually when you have a post guy, he's kicking it out to you on the wing or above the break as opposed to, you know, Simmons driving down the court and hitting you in the corner. So maybe we can try to find that out. But, yeah, I'm, I like Tybalt a lot. Okay, so I'm going to quickly read through the our redraft and then we'll just hit some honorable mentions really quickly. Okay. Uh, so, starting at one, uh, we had John Morant, Zion Williamson, 
Darius Garland, uh, DeAndre Hunter, Tyler Hero, Cameron Johnson, Keldon Johnson, R.J. Barrett, Nick Claxton, Cam Reddish, Brandon Clark, Terrence Mann, Jordan Poole, and Matisse Thibel. Um So do you have any honorable mentions that you'd just like to say, Rohan? Yeah, I don't know that he was going to get picked. I really like watching P.J. Washington on the Hornets. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy I don't think is going to be a big playoff impact player, but I think he's a good guy, a good player. Jackson Hayes. Um, Riachimura went in the lottery of this draft. We didn't pick him. Uh, Eric Pascal, THT. Um, okay, okay. okay. Stop, 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 stop. Can you stop for a second? Um, what? Is THT an, really an honorable mention for you? You thought that he could have I, been I, drafted. I, in I, the I top thought 14? it was. I thought it was notable to bring him up. I, I don't know that I necessarily. I didn't. He was at like the bottom. I have like a a line break, and then some guys that are like not even necessarily uh, honorable mention. But uh, it would. It felt weird to not. Uh, say his name at all I, and i wanted to throw out jalen mcdaniels out here too so Dan, daniel gafford was in this draft darius Bates daniel Gra- daniel gafford very good um mm-hmm. i thought about him in the nick claxton spot to be honest and wouldn't have had a problem there uh rui hachimura so we're we're, we're going to regret not picking him. He just hasn't yeah. played this season due to personal reasons. True. But, like, he's really good. And uh, when we look at the Wizards struggling, I think he'll be a, he'll be able to benefit. I like Rio Be able to kind of boost them. And shout yeah, out to him for going on uh, Terrace House, one of the greatest TV shows of all time. I didn't know he did that. Uh, that is really interesting. But he wasn't, a, he wasn't I, a contestant, but he was part of the comedians panel for a couple episodes. Was he good? He was hilarious. The the comedians really? were good at get, getting a rise out of him. The comedians were good at getting a rise out of him. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Um, and I I gotta say, like Grant Williams is awesome. I'm sorry, he's yeah, just like a really yeah, good no, basketball he, player. She's so. shooting the hell out of the ball this year. He is, and Taylor Horton Tucker shooting 38 percent from the floor yeah. and 23 <laughs> percent from the three point um, line. But Kevin Porter Jr. was in this draft. Sure. Yep. We could go on and on. There's like, like just Chumo Kiki Okiki. Um, yeah. uh, man, Jalen Noel, who scored like 75 points against the Celtics last night. Uh, Bowl Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> There's just like a, a lot of guys in this draft. It's a really fun one. Cody Martin is awesome. I really wa- enjoy watching him play. Um, Nikhil Alexander Walker. Yeah. Uh, who uh yeah he's he's an intriguing player i don't know how good ultimately he's going to be but we could go it's like on and on and i would be remiss before we stopped i know this is one of our longest episodes of all time but nasir little really quick portland trailblazer shout out to shelby uh shelby our producer shelby do you want to quickly say a a few words about nasir little um for the, the this week's rip city royston report is that do you have any thoughts I mean, he did score 20 points uh, last night in the blowout loss to the Mavericks. So. <laughs> I don't see why he wouldn't be in the top five if you're <laughs> Can we talk about how the Celtics had a ton of picks in this draft and whiffed on no. most of them? 
We can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> we were all out of time. <laughs> they technically drafted Tybal, but ended up with Romeo Langford and Carson Edwards instead. It's this draft is is uh is like the thirty for thirty of my own um demise is this draft for, yeah. for me. It starts I really with, don't like it. It's but it's it's your or Joker origin story, but uh <clears throat> Yeah. Sorry, I, I cut off I cut off the Rip City Royston report. Uh and now Shelby and the emailers are both gonna be furious with me for the foreseeable future. But I had to get in my Celtic stick. I'm sorry, Shelby. I mean, I would have gotten in too. One of us had to. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. Amazing stuff. Um, okay, well, I think that that will do it for today's show. Uh, thank you, Rohan. Thank you so much to our listeners. Uh, we will be back later this week. Rowan, I believe it will be you and I because our, our dear friend Chris Herring is on a well-deserved vacation. So we have a ton of emails that we're going to read and answer in our next show. Um, if you would like yours to be potentially read, please do not forget to uh, send us your thoughts and your questions to openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Everybody... Please stay safe. Everybody, please continue to enjoy the NBA season. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 